This episode of Witch Police Radio is brought to you by the Sunwolf label. They're putting out eclectic music from Winnipeg and beyond, and their next release is by Katie and the Wolves. It's an album called The Wild Unknown, drops March 22nd. Stay tuned to thesunwolflabel.com for more information about the great bands and releases they have coming up. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the Park Theatre. On my episode with the Last Chance Gang a few weeks back, I may have been a bit too hasty when I suggested that Winnipeg doesn't have enough of a soul scene. On this episode, Aaron Bartell, who's actually a member of Last Chance Gang, talks about his main project, which is the Flatland Soul Band. I'd heard the name of the group before, but I was under the impression that they were strictly a cover band. And cover bands, while they have their time and place, aren't really what I'm interested in on the podcast. I'm interested in talking to people about original music and everything that goes along with that. So initially, I was unsure if it would be a good fit for the show, but then Aaron told me that Flatland Soul Band has a new EP of strictly original music coming out. So not only did I get to talk about that, but we talked about soul in general, we talked about the local scene, what needs to happen to maybe make it bigger, whether it's getting bigger kind of under the radar, Uh, we talked about jazz players fitting into other genres, we talked about the idea of bringing originals to a band that's very well known for covers, and how they're going to divide their set going forward, and a lot more. You're listening to Garbage Hill, one of its first podcast network. Welcome to Witch Police Radio. So um, on a previous episode that I did a few weeks ago, I kind of complained about how there weren't very many soul bands uh, in Winnipeg, and that kind of led to this interview I'm doing right now. And so I think I'm going to get you to introduce yourself, but basically the way this started was um, I had uh, Last Chance Gang, or some members of Last Chance Gang on the show, and you're also... I am, yes. In, in that group. Right, but right. you have another soul project that is right. what we're here talking about today. So right. if you want to introduce yourself, we can just sort of take it from there. Cool. So my name's Aaron. I'm uh, from... I run the Flatland Soul Band, um, also from the Last Chance Gang. Mm-hmm. And I play with Apollo Suns and some other stuff. Cool. But yeah. Um, yeah, I, I uh, heard the Last Chance guys uh, on your uh, radio show. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, man, we're talking about not having soul and I've got another soul project. Yeah. So. And, and I mean, I've definitely had heard, um, of your other project, but I, I, I was always under the impression that it was a cover band. It is, uh, until now. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, and so I, I have like a, uh, I feel bad saying this, but I kind of have a bias against cover bands because sure. what I'm doing, especially when I'm doing interviews, because like, you know, I mean, obviously cover bands are a very successful venue for a lot of musicians, oh. but there's not really that much to talk about when you're talking yeah, about cover songs because totally. the, the creative side of it is kind of not the same as with original music, obviously, because totally. you're just taking someone else's stuff and, and just performing it, right? So yeah, yeah. I always, I've had requests in the past to interview cover bands, and I've always been kind of like, oh, I don't know, um, because, yeah, it's not original music. It's hard to kind of have questions to ask right, right. Uh, about that. And also, I personally, like, 
I don't go to cover band shows. It's not really yeah. my my deal. So that's fair. So yeah. So but when you told me you had the original music and you sent me some of that music, uh, this seemed like a great opportunity. Cool. To talk to you about the Flatland Soul Band. Yeah, so, I'm so glad it worked out. So what I guess what was the reason for transitioning from just a cover band to to doing original music? So we uh, we had been doing original music or uh, cover music for a while, and um, we started doing what are called uh, we call them funk etudes okay. uh, they're just these little little practice pieces that I started writing out to to try and tighten up our, our cover tunes okay um, just you know things to work on um, playing together as a rhythm section or horn shots or dynamics or whatever um, and they became more and more elaborate as the weeks went on eventually they kind of became full songs okay cool, um, cool and so out of that we started you know taking bits and pieces from some of the funk etudes and we started writing um, songs kind of by themselves and we ended up with uh, a whole EP of material cool. that we're comfortable with and happy with. Is that going to change sort of your um, the main thrust of the band at this point or are you still sort of doing covers when necessary and doing the original stuff, uh, mixing it in? with the Right. Um, so I, th- I think what we'll do is probably have two separate kind of gigs. We'll, okay. A lot of what we'll be doing is still the cover band stuff. I mean, we've got, you know three hours worth of music memorized for right, that stuff. Right. So I don't want to just toss that out the window. Um, but, of course, we we love playing our own original stuff. Uh, and so we'll probably be doing more collaborative um, kind of gigs where we have multiple uh, bands on, on the bill. Okay. Um, and that's when we'll be breaking out kind of our uh, original stuff. Cool. And when is the EP expected to come out? It's uh, April 4th, uh, 2019. Uh, we're actually doing a show... Um, for the EP release we're doing at The Goodwill. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, should cool. be a whole lot of fun. We've got a couple other bands on that as well. Well, one of the interesting things, uh, again, I don't want to talk about covers the whole time, Yeah, but totally, uh, totally. one of the things that came up kind of, uh, you probably heard too in that Last Chance Gang interview was that I think with soul music in general, there's a lot of people who have nostalgia for it, and they have nostalgia for all the Motown stuff and the right. Stack stuff right. and all of that kind of 60s you know, sound. Totally. So it almost seems like a genre that's like tailor-made for cover songs. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's probably how you guys got into it in the first place, right? Right. And one of the big reasons we ended up in specifically soul and funk and R&B mm-hmm. is the majority, the vast majority of the band is from uh, the U of M jazz program. Okay. And okay. so we've got a whole bunch of horn players and... Uh, like trained horn players and we wanted to use that for something other than jazz you know? right right um, and so it it kind of you gravitate towards 60s and 70s soul music right uh, just because those are the bands that had that big yeah, horn section and, yeah, absolutely yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's awesome awesome uh, material and so we wanted to play some of it no. do you feel like the original stuff is in the same kind of vein as the covers you're doing or is there something that kind of gives it a uniqueness to to your group so it's definitely unique um i think personally um it it draws from the 60s and 70s stuff that we've been playing Mm -hmm. i mean we've you know learned so many tunes that we kind of that comes out in our writing sure yeah yeah, Um, yeah. but it is definitely modern um modern sounding in my opinion um we've got you know more modern vocal production and we've got more of a modern kind of um, mixed to the album and of course um, all of this stuff I've been listening to outside of soul and funk and R&B comes through my right yeah that seeps well. in too right yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely you can't avoid that I guess yeah so you, yeah. you get you know a little bit of Dilla Beats and a little bit of whatever um, a little bit of jazz of course um, the jazz seeps mm-hmm. in through there well especially with everyone being jazz trained right you can't, you can't help it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> you get all these 
you know, sharp 11s and flat 9s and all this. Right. The crazy harmony. Well, it's interesting you mentioned the Dilla Beats, too, because I think that, uh, I mean, like a local band like uh, Super, du- Super Duty Tough Work totally. is a great example of someone using horns, using a big horn section in a big band like that yeah. in kind of an unconventional way. I mean, taking, I'm sure a lot of those players are jazz trained as well. Well, I went to school with all of them. Okay, so yeah, they're all, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're yeah, all, yeah. like half of them are in uh, the Flatland Soul Band and in Apollo Suns. Right, and I was, right. you know, in classes with Brandon and whatever. And then Apollo Suns too, you know, like, I mean, obviously they're going kind of jazz fusion route. Totally. But it's it's still definitely related. So yeah, and right, Winnipeg's right. Uh, incestuous music scene. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Everyone's in every project, It's right? insane, yeah, I know. Yeah, well, especially for horn players, I guess, right? Because yeah. it's, it's not as common as, say, a guitarist or a bassist. Or... Yeah, and then you, you get one horn player and you want more and so they all hire their buddies right. and all their buddies are from the same, you know, jazz faculty or from the same bands or whatever. Yeah. And then they hire the other. Yeah. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 It takes over. When I was listening to the, uh, the songs from the EP, mm-hmm. um, the one thing I noticed was that they sound, um, and maybe this is the modern production you were talking about, mm-hmm. but they sound very smooth, like very, very polished. Cool. And uh, hey, is that, is that what you're going for? I mean, is that kind of, I, I guess like the reason I mentioned it too is, I mean, yeah, obviously you want it to sound smooth, mm-hmm. but when I had the Last Chance Gang interview, mm-hmm. we were talking about how that, that, that group sound, and right. you can probably comment on this being in both, was right. kind of more gritty and dirtier. And this totally. is sort of the opposite to me anyway. It sounds extremely smooth, extremely polished. Right. And is that like that kind of professional vibe versus maybe a rawer vibe? Is that on purpose? or? Well, yeah, it was definitely on purpose. Um, that's partially because we're trying to suit our vocalist style. Um, and I think that works better with her style. Um, I also think... Just in terms of the production we wanted to go for, uh, we ended up doing things like uh, tracking all of the horns separately so that okay. we can get kind of separation. Um, part of that was because uh, the mic collection that we had, we wanted to use full ad- uh, take full advantage of that. Sure. And then just make sure everything sounded really, really crazy tight. Um, and so, you know, it ends up sounding kind of smoother and more polished because of all of that stuff. Just sure. Just little, you know, uh, edits and chopping and all okay. this stuff. Do you think it sounds different live? I mean, if someone <laughs> is it going to be yeah. more kind of more raw sounding live? Or it, it has to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's okay. there's a little bit more looseness to that, and we'll we'll be adding um, more solo sections and kind of opening things up, and you know, making it a little more um, less album centric. Sure, sure. Um, okay. But yeah, there's there's definitely a difference between um, live and studio recording for us. I think. Not one is better than the other. Though. Okay, okay. Well, I think that goes for everyone, but uh, it's th- this one just seems so smooth and so clean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That it's yeah, probably a marked difference, right? I imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Do you um? So I guess having been a cover band primarily for for all the past few years now, totally. Um, who do you think is the audience for the original stuff? Do you think it's the same people who, you know, came to your your shows playing covers and they want to hear your original stuff, or is it going to appeal to a different audience? I think so. Um, I think a lot of the people we're trying to target are. Uh, people around our age and people that are probably into jazz and also happen to be into funk and soul mm-hmm. and all this stuff, but mostly like our friends is, is our target, target okay. audience, okay. right? Um, and yeah, so a lot of the people from the jazz programs, um, whether at Brandon or at, at the U of M or, you know, out on the internet somewhere. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, well, that's something you got to consider now too, right? Yeah, it's, and there's huge yeah. groups for that. There's yeah. a... Um, a giant group on Facebook that I'm a part of that's like half of my life now. Oh, yeah? This, yeah. This, this jazz group, you know? Yeah. It's super funny.
So where do you think this will fit in within Winnipeg then? Because, you know, mm-hmm. as we've established, there's kind of a, a small group of, of, of soul artists or funk or R&B right. in the city. And they're all kind of, um, a lot of them are doing different sort of things. Like there's not really mm-hmm. a scene scene as right, there is right. with punk or with hip hop or whatever. Totally. So uh, kind of where, where do you think this is going to fit? Are you hoping to sort of play shows with some of these other bands that you're also in? Yeah. <laughs> or like, yeah. It could be. that. <laughs> um, I think... There's a scene for people that enjoy horn music. True, yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think that's kind of where we fit in, in particularly in Winnipeg, um, just because we have Brandon and, and the U of M and all this yeah. stuff. Yeah, um, You kind of get a collection of people that have either been through that program or have friends and family that you know are in that program, and they they end up really liking the music, uh, and so they come out to those kind of shows. Okay. Or people, I mean, of course, hopefully we'll try and get some people that were into um, soul and funk and R&B, you know, back in the day. Sure. Of course, it's, The older crowd that, that, that yeah. remembers that nostalgically, yeah. And we yeah. get a lot of those people coming out to our, our cover shows. I would imagine, and yeah. so I think that'll kind of transition into our originals as well. Is there a way to avoid bumming people out by, you know, playing original stuff and making it clear that it's not a cover show? Like, yeah, because you might have people who come every time to see you play covers, right? Right. And then they, they go there because I, I assume because they want to hear songs they're familiar with. Right, right. right. I think that's kind of the appeal of cover bands in general. Yeah. You want to you want to make sure you know everything that's going to be played, totally. so there's not, uh, for whatever reason, that's the appeal, right? So yeah. 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 So that's one of the big things about um, doing all originals versus all covers at a show. Yeah. Like if we're playing a, a three-hour gig at Shannon's or something, you can mix it. Yeah. Uh, we we no. probably all do just cover oh, really? okay. uh, unless okay. we get some requests for originals or whatever um, but if we've got a couple other bands on the bill and we're playing like all originals at you know the Goodwill or the Daughter or something yeah um, it it depends yeah it depends That's on different the venue it depends on who's on the bill and yeah okay. just uh, a whole bunch of different factors and we'll try and be as clear about that as possible in our social media. Yeah, that's probably going to help. Yeah, 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 yeah for definitely. sure. So there, was there ever any uh, kind of desire to, to make this into a separate band? I considered it, yeah. uh, but it would be kind of weird because it's the exact same people <laughs> right, playing. Right. I mean, you know, it's a side project, except you didn't kick anybody out. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I think, especially since we've got um, group photos and we've got, you know, uh, logos and like all this um, and a bit of a social media presence yep. and all this yep. stuff. I, I didn't want to kind of toss that out the window. Right, it starts from scratch. You, yeah, right, yeah. It's, it, it becomes, you know, a lot of time and a lot of money. And trying to schedule um, nine or ten people for two separate bands, yeah. I, I don't really want to Oh, it's hard enough it. with one, right? I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was yeah. when I was a teenager, I was in a band with ten people, and it was just ridiculous. <laughs> it's insane, It's ridiculous, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So well, I, what's kind of the average age of the band members? Like, what uh, what age group would you say you We're are? all uh, pretty much early 20s. Okay. Um, yeah, a lot of the, the guys in the band are still in uh, university or okay. just came out of university. Uh, I think the oldest is 25. 25, 26, okay. and then the youngest of 20, 20, 21. Okay, so I'm, I'm like more than a decade older than you guys. Okay. And so the reason I'm asking about the age thing is, is what do you think is the lasting appeal 
of this kind of music. I mean, I love yeah. it too. I love. I, love, I grew up listening to soul. I, I still listen to soul all the time. Totally. Yeah, yeah. And I have certain artists that I will never stop listening to. But like, yeah. what do you think is the appeal for, especially you know, younger people growing up in a world where every possible song is available to you at all times, right. and you're kind of overwhelmed with choice. Like, what makes this stuff stand out? What is the why does it still last, in your opinion, from, you know, 40, 50 years ago? To me, I mean, for one, the performances are insane. If yeah. you listen to Marvin Gaye perform... Ridiculous. You, yeah, yeah. yeah, you can't beat that. There's no way. Yeah. Um, and just the the production quality is another thing that I think has kind of an allure to it. Okay. Um, just because it is, you know, kind of a, a drier sound. It's not um, just drenched with reverb sure sure uh, i mean i guess it could be but yeah it's usually yeah. not yeah, yeah yeah right right yeah. and then uh you've got all these you know lush horn section and string sections mm-hmm. and like all of this kind of stuff that i mean a lot of people try and fake it nowadays because they can you know you've got all sure. this midi stuff sure and even if it sounds right the the people writing it don't really know how to write for that and so it's it's just not as appealing as an actual horn section actually doing it live, live. Yeah, yeah yeah oh for sure yeah. I, I agree with that how, how do you i think i probably asked this question in the uh, last chance king interview too uh-huh. but how, how do you keep that stuff authentic you know being from winnipeg being uh-huh. the age you are uh-huh. um being you know relatively detached from the roots of all that music totally, totally. Uh, and this could really go for anyone someone doing hip-hop or blues right. or any genre of music that kind of has a time and place associated with it right. but how, how do you do it without seeming like you're kind of faking it or phoning it in right. or, or like just blandifying it i guess how, how do you get that soul energy into something now where in Winnipeg so right, right. attached yeah yeah um, I think for the originals that's one of the reasons we didn't go for such a um, a 60s and 70s kind of okay, sound okay okay um, to avoid I, having to do that yeah, yeah, we, yeah I mean once you start comparing yourself to exactly that sound you have to do it incredibly and even then everybody's heard it already so it's true yeah you you always have to be pushing the, the musical box well it's a high benchmark too right to me it's, if you want to sound I'm, like any yeah, of those artists good yeah. luck again yeah. marvin Gaye. yeah yeah stevie yeah. wonder are yeah. you kidding me yeah um but yeah um in terms of our cover performances we just we try and play it as authentically as possible i i personally transcribe all of the the tunes that we play okay um, and so I'm, I'm pretty meticulous about that. I'll try and get the drum grooves right, and I'll try and get, you know, all of the horn phrasing right and all yeah, that sure, stuff. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, and we go over all that in, in rehearsals. Um, but just having fun with it on stage. I mean, you you do what you can to, to make sure it's authentic, but as long as people are having fun listening to your music, I think that's more important than anything. Right. You know? And I guess it's maybe not to the same level of hip-hop where authenticity is the most important thing, right? But right. You, you don't, you, I don't know if people are going to a soul show and then judging the band and whether they're real or not. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know if that's maybe a thing, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, weird, it's weird because, uh, like, I feel like it's one of the genres of music that, despite all the time that's passed and despite all of the different other styles that have, have been influenced by it and taken elements of it... Uh-huh. It still is one of the few things that can be played pretty much straight up as it was totally. 50 years ago without any issue. People people will accept it. <laughs> yeah. Being like, yeah, and a lot of stuff you, you kind of need to, um, everything's evolved, but but there's right. this kind of era of soul music that people can just lock into still. Right, right. And I think the, the songwriting is kind of a big credit to that. Sure, it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, everything is, is so tight. They're, you know... Uh, the transitions from verse into chorus or, or whatever and you know the fact that they actually have bridges back then yeah totally really yeah. Nice. yeah 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 which is not really common I know yeah, I yeah. miss it yeah I miss a good intro and a good bridge sure you know? yeah yeah well it's almost like how guitar solos have disappeared from totally. a lot of rock music right it's right, just not right. a thing anymore yeah yeah, yeah. 
Um, do you see this, uh, like whether it's for your band or for just Winnipeg's mm-hmm. hopefully growing soul scene in yeah, general? Yeah, I think so. Do you think there are going to be other influences that come in to maybe uh, sort of reshape what soul in Winnipeg is? Like, is there something that you can kind of imagine sort of seeping in more than other styles to, to influence it? Yeah, I th- I think. Um, whatever the current music is, that'll always kind of... There'll be a little influence. bit. Yeah. 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 I mean, if, if you've got Dilla Beats in, in the modern music, it's probably going to influence what you're playing in, in soul retrospect sure, or whatever. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, yeah, and the same thing, we've we've got a jazz scene, and so you get jazz harmony into the soul music. Um, and, I mean, it's, it's the same with anything, I guess. Sure, sure. Yeah. Do you, uh, with a band of the size that you have, um, do you always play shows with a full band, or do you have kind of altered versions of the songs that you can play with different it's, configurations? Thus far, it's always um, a nine-piece, although okay. it's actually going to be bigger. It's going to be a ten-piece uh, for the EP release, because we've got a piano player, okay. a keyboardist for uh, that's on the album that we got back for the EP release. Cool, cool. Uh, so I'm pretty stoked about that. He's, he's killer. So what's the lineup, I guess, I mean, including him, as far as instrumentation? Uh, we've got vocals, uh, guitar, bass, keys, drums, um, alto, tenor, barry, sax, uh, and then trumpet and trombone. I think that's all of it. Sounds like it might be about nine people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nine, nine or ten in there. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then all of the horn players do background vocals as well. Oh, that helps too. Yeah. 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 And we've got, I mean, percussion and stuff and background vocals. And, yeah. You know. Well, that kind of goes with the territory of a horn section too, right? They're just picking yeah. up random instruments. And, yeah, 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 yeah. We kind of have to do a little of everything. Yeah. Does the, does, the, does the size of the band limit um, where you can play? Just in terms of stage size and stuff? Yeah. I mean, in terms of stage size and just making sure everybody's going home with like a little bit of money. Right, right, yeah, yeah, stuff, yeah. It's definitely a, a big consideration and something I have to deal with in all three of my bands, actually. <laughs> Makes sense, yeah, uh, yeah. So... Um, but I think the, the payoff is that first of all, it's a ton of fun. And second of all, I think that the crowds end up ending up loving it. And it's, um, it's something that you don't get to see with a lot of other bands. Sure. You know? Especially that size. Right. I mean, cause a lot of bands will yeah. maybe have like one sax player, right, uh, right. but yeah, you have the full on. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a wall of sax. Yeah. That's and, great. And trumpets yeah. and trombones. Well, the reason I asked about the uh, the venue size is because mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you remember the Blue Note Cafe, which has been closed down for a long time now, but okay. I, I was in a ska band in the late 90s, and okay. we had a big horn section, and I remember playing on the tiny stage of the Blue Note, and my guitar neck kept getting caught in the trombone slide, oh, and it was no. just like we were crammed in there. It was, <laughs> it was really, like, and that was 10 people too, right? It just didn't, okay. didn't work. Yeah. So I imagine there's probably, this, that issue still exists where yeah, trying yeah. to fit everyone on the stage. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, trying to figure out who goes in the front and who yeah. goes in the back, and like, you know, can we see everybody? Yeah. Um... Yeah, like, I mean, playing things like Live at the Roslyn, it's like... Right, yeah. Good luck. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's a pretty small space, yeah. yeah. It's funny, I, I used to be in a ska band, too. Oh, yeah, what yeah. band were you in? Uh, Lemon. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah I, I remember hearing yeah, about that. Yeah, Robert's the, the guitar player. Uh, that's pretty much how I know him. Okay. Um, he's in Flatland now, but he was in Lemon as well. Cool, cool. It's kind of funny. Yeah, it is kind of... It's Yeah, yeah. Well, because, I mean, like, you know, 15 years ago... There were a lot of bands in the city with horns, but they're all ska bands. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. and now it's kind of, that's not really so much a thing anymore. Right, right. And it's, I guess it's shifting to, to soul, which is cool, and jazz, and, and yeah. things like Apollo Suns and everything, so. It's interesting thinking, like, I wonder why that happened, you know? Well, I think it, part of it's just, like, Cause there, I, I think soul has lasted more than genres like ska in terms of, like, overall popularity. Because uh-huh. I think ska is always seen as, like, uh, a fad. 
uh-huh. just because I think the way it was presented, especially in the 90s, was like this goofy thing where, oh, we're, we're in suits, we got, you know, yeah. like my hat, it's got a propeller on it. Not that right. literally, but right, you know right. what I mean, yeah, yeah. So. Maybe there will be a fourth wave. Oh, there might be, yeah. That'd be funny. Yeah, that'd be cool, yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, Winnipeg had tons of horn bands and then just kind of yeah. died out, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, we're trying to trying to keep the horns alive. <laughs> trying, to, trying to bring it back, I, yeah. Especially as a saxophonist myself. Like, I I mean, I need work. I need, yeah, I yeah, need sure, gigs. true, true. Yeah. Well, okay, as far as the horns then, I mean, especially with all these players from, from jazz backgrounds, mm-hmm. is there a lot of room for improvisation on, like, live, I guess, on these songs? Or is it pretty strict? Yeah. Right? Um, so that's, that's kind of a thing we debate okay. uh, quite a bit. Because with the covers we try and stay pretty true to the originals just because i mean that's what people know that's what people can that makes sense right yeah Um, even solos and stuff keep those uh, solos pretty much especially because you once you start opening up solos it's it goes too long a lot of the time and you know um it has to be high energy all the time and people want the hooks that they can sing along to and totally yeah, yeah. yeah yeah and things that they they know right cool um so we we have the same thing with our ep uh we only have one solo in the whole thing okay um i mean if you count the outro kind of too but um we that was very very deliberate i I didn't want it to turn into a jazz band sure uh, sure yeah um although what we will be doing for the release is uh extending things out a little bit and and having fun with it and you know really making it kind of our own live performance okay which is something new to us right because you're so used to doing covers and having that yeah having such a strict yeah, yeah kind of form well, I know, and I know, I know you have a vocalist, and uh, mm-hmm. but I'm wondering, is is this especially now doing original music? Uh-huh. Does this kind of open you guys up to collaborate with more people? Whether it's, uh, I mean, um, something like Super Duty Tough Work does, or, or something along those lines. We're definitely looking forward to that. Um, yeah, we're we'll try and we've discussed possibly working with rappers and stuff because I know. I mean, a lot of the samples they take is, you know, soul yeah. and jazz samples. Totally, yeah, directly. A huge yeah. amount. Yeah. Um, and then even other vocalists, it would be awesome. Uh, or just collaborating with other artists in general. We, I mean, as a nine-piece band, we we know a lot of people that we can yeah. collaborate with. Yeah, you know? for sure. So I, I just, it just kind of brings up a, a weird question I've often wondered about is, uh, as, as a jazz player, as someone who's into soul music, mm-hmm. when you hear a sample on, on a hip-hop album mm-hmm. that is you recognize... Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about that? Is it exciting because you, you you pick it up and you know this and you want to hear what they have to do with it? Or is it, do you have kind of a like, oh, they took that? Like, I'm, do you feel I'm, positively about it? Or does it, do you feel like it's almost cultural appropriation from one genre to another? You know what I mean? I know what you mean. Um, personally, I'm stoked on it, but okay. I'm not a jazz elitist. Okay. I mean, I went to jazz school, but I'm not, I'd, I think it's ridiculous trying to keep things in the past and not bringing it, bringing them into the future. Yeah, you can't I avoid mean, it. Yeah. Plus, like, the the baseline to Red Clay or, like, you know, these these things that have been sampled over and over mm-hmm. and over in hip-hop. Especially uh, drums, right? Like, I mean... Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. That that one drum break. Yeah, the funky drummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, use them, you know? Make make something out of it. Yeah. Um, and I think people do that, and it turns out great. It's awesome. And it's its, its own sound, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even Dilla Beats, he, he would use um, Miles Davis's something from Kind of Blue. I okay, think it was okay. Flamenco Sketches or something. But pff, it sounds great with a Dilla Beat on it, yeah, I'll tell yeah. you that much. You know, you slow it down a little bit. Well, that, to me, it always seemed like, uh, I mean, I, I, the reason I asked that question is because I'm always curious if someone 
if people do have a problem with it, to me it's great. Mm-hmm. I, lo- I love hearing things mm-hmm. being reinterpreted and being repurposed and used used for something new. Because right, right. uh, I mean, the way I think of it, that's kind of what jazz is in the first place. Absolutely. Taking taking standards and and just yeah. blowing them out to the universe, you know, and doing yeah, some yeah. some kind of your own take on it and, and modifying them, mutating them, and stuff. And right. so plus um, plus anybody that's ever made real progress in music in general has done something new. I mean, totally. if you think of the Beatles or the Rolling Stones or whoever, they took something old and changed it, yeah. right? Yeah. In the case of the Rolling Stones, not so much. but <laughs> they, No, for real. They, <laughs> I, know, I know what you're saying. I'm just joking about how they basically played the song exactly as it yeah, was. Yeah, that's yeah, fair. Yeah. But, no, I, 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 mean, I, know, I know what you're saying. They took yeah, R&B yeah. And, and sped it up. That was it. Sure, sure. You know? It then introduced it to a new audience and then that developed right. from there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah.
Once the uh, once the EP comes out, are uh-huh. you uh, is that going to be the focus for a while? The, the original stuff, or are you still going to be kind of splitting time between covers and, and um, originals? We'll we'll probably be splitting kind of fifty fifty. Okay. Um, I mean, I'd like to focus on the on the EP a lot, um, but we always are adding to our repertoire of covers because you know you you hear something on the radio and you're like, oh, Flatland has yeah. to play that, yeah. right? So um, we're always adding to that, and so we want to start playing that. There's there's just always kind of a laundry list of things for us okay. that we want to do. Cool. Um, so the EP is definitely a big part of that, but it's not all of that. Is the EP hopefully a lead up to a full length? Is that like are you guys it, feeling positive about the the original stuff that you want to keep going with it? Yeah, I think um, hopefully people feel the same. But I think it turned out well, and I think it could lead to a, a full length album. Um, that being said, it's this has been a ton of work. Yeah, you know, uh, no doubt. Yeah, and, yeah. and so. Um, it, it probably won't be for a little while, but um, I would expect a, a full length in the future. Okay. How regularly do you guys play shows? Um, I was trying to book for, you know, once a month okay. uh, type thing. Um, I mean, it totally depends. Sometimes we'll get a, an offer. We already have something for the month, and so we'll play a couple times. Yeah. Or yeah. sometimes, you know, people will be just entirely out for the month, so okay. we can't really do anything. But uh, in general, it's around once a month. Okay. And that's going to be open to keep that level? At that, uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, that's the plan. Is the EP coming out just digitally? Or are you doing physical copies? What's your... We are actually doing physical copies. Cool. Uh, so the plan is we're going to be printing 500 CDs and essentially giving them out. Because cool. it's, cool. uh, you know, it's 12 and a half minutes worth of music. It's not a, a huge amount of music. Yeah. Um, but it's enough that I think it would make a, a good present for people. Totally, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. It's always a question, right? Is like, because now people can just release stuff digitally right. without having to even worry about the physical yeah, stuff. Yeah, although I'm, the radio stations don't like that too Right, much. that's true. Well, it's, yeah. I think it's start, slowly starting to shift. It's going to be I weird guess, eventually. Yeah, when, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and I guess also too, I mean, you know, not to dwell on the fact that soul is technically an old genre of music, but uh-huh. I think maybe a lot of people who are into that are probably still listening to CDs, right. myself included. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So Man, you should see all the CDs that we've got back here. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Behind everything else, all this other crap. <laughs> right on. <laughs> yeah, CDs are great. I'm always happy to hear when bands are uh, are still releasing physical stuff. Yeah. Because there's, there's, there's definitely always people out there like me who have it. I don't even have Spotify. Yeah, uh, me neither. I just I do everything in physical format. So I, I think just... Uh, for me, just having an actual physical CD is just, you know, kind of a testament to what we've actually done as sure, a band. Sure, sure. So for, for me personally, I think that's really important. 
But I'm assuming it's going to be released digitally as well, right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's going to be on everything. Well. Absolutely. Okay. So if, if someone is hearing about you for the first time mm-hmm. on this podcast, mm-hmm. what's the best thing for them to do to find out, you know, maybe hear some songs, find out when you're mm-hmm. playing the next show, that kind of stuff? Totally. Um, so Facebook is our biggest one. Uh, Facebook.com slash Flatland Soul Band. Um, Instagram is something we, we just started up on and we'll be releasing it a ton. Um on Instagram as well. Okay. Uh, and then we're actually in the works of uh, creating a website. Cool. Um, and so at the bottom of the, the album, you'll see a little flatlandsoulband.com. Um, and that should be out hopefully soon. Cool. We'll, we'll get that done as soon as possible because, you know, it's it's on there in writing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and then now you've said it on there too. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> I know. I'm yeah. digging myself a hole. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Are you are you guys actively looking for shows? Like, I mean, if people are looking for a soul cover band, like, should they get in touch with you or? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, yeah, well, I mean, we've done corporate stuff as mm-hmm. well, uh, and that's definitely something we're interested in. But even you know, bar gigs or we'll we'll play opening acts for people or okay, you know, if somebody wants to headline uh, us to headline something, I'm down for that. So they're big enough stage, yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Okay, so um, yeah, people should check out the uh, the social media and follow you on there. Totally. And what's the? Do you want to just remind listeners of the uh, release show? Yeah. So that's uh, April fourth at the Goodwill. Um, doors at eight. Uh, show starts at eight thirty. We've got three bands booked. Um, yeah, and tickets are fifteen bucks. You get a free CD with each ticket. Cool. Which yeah, I'm pretty stoked about. Um, we've got stickers. <laughs> Who else is playing? Uh, the the big heist brass band will be playing, cool. and uh, Six Foot Citrus, which is my buddy Ben's band. Um, yeah, uh, tons and tons of horns on that show. Yeah, I it sounds like it. Yeah. Every single band has horns. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, probably unusual for the goodwill. <laughs> the yeah. horns. I don't think I've been yeah, to any yeah. shows there with the horns. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Okay, awesome. Well, if people want to hear more episodes of this show, including the uh, Last Chance Gang episode, which uh, mm-hmm. you weren't on, but you are in, right? Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. the Apollo Suns I've had on too, and I'm having one again. <laughs> um, you can go to witchpolice.com. All 360 whatever episodes are there for download that's and streaming. Wild. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> doing this for a while. Uh, you can also tune in on Sunday nights at midnight to UMFM, and those are older episodes that kind of get a second wind a few months after they come nice. on this podcast. Yeah. And yeah, I'm on all the social media stuff. Look up which police you're gonna. Cool. You're gonna find the show. Yes. Thanks. Thanks for. Uh, hey, thank ha- you so much for having me. Talking to me here. Yeah. That was awesome. Right on. Thanks a lot.